Hey everyone, so glad you were able to make it this weekend. You are either here on a Saturday night or a Sunday morning. Uh, obviously, I am at neither one of those services. I am currently in my office. Um, most of you know that my wife and I, while we were on vacation, we were exposed to someone with COVID-19. And so uh, I went and was tested to make sure that you all are safe. Um, that I wasn't around you if I was sick, and turns out I am positive for COVID-19. I, I feel great, uh, other than uh, a little bit of congestion and uh, this lingering, tickling cough. And so, um, but uh, and, and I'm so sorry that you're having to, to watch me or see me uh, on this big screen. You didn't come to to church to uh, hear God's word um, while looking at the screen. You could have done that from home, right? <coughs> But I do have something that I want to share with you as we, um, as we utilize this week to wrap up our series on the Holy Spirit. So if you would, turn to 1 Corinthians 12. 1 Corinthians 12. Um, some of you are already familiar with 1 Corinthians 12. Um, Paul opens up 1 Corinthians 12 and he says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be unaware. Uh, some of your translations may say, I do not want you to be uninformed. I believe it's the King James, New King James, that says, I do not want you to be ignorant. Um, you know, we've learned a lot from the Apostle Paul over the last uh, few weeks about what it means to live a spirit-filled life, to, to um, no longer live according to the flesh, but to live by the Spirit and all those things. And one of the things that the Apostle Paul clearly believes is important for every uh, born-again, spirit-filled believer is to be equipped and empowered in the gifts that the Holy Spirit gives the body of Christ. In verse 4, he says, there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are a variety of ministries in the same Lord. There are a variety of effects, but the same God who works all things in all persons, Verse 7, this is really important when it comes to spiritual gifts. He says, but to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit. That's just a fancy way of saying uh, when God shows up in power, when the Spirit moves in power. To each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit or the, a move of the Holy Spirit's power for the common good. This is super important. When the Holy Spirit moves in our lives and displays some sort of gift, uses us to, um, to minister to the body in a powerful way, it's not about us. It's not about the gift. It's not about the one who uses the gift. It's about the one who receives the ministry of the Holy Spirit. In verse 8, he begins listing some gifts. He says, For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another a word of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, and to another the effecting of miracles and to another prophecy, and to another the distinguishing of spirits, or the discerning of spirits, your, your Bible might translate, uh, to another various kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. Okay, so there's nine total that he lists here. He says, but one, but one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing each one individually, just as he wills, okay? So Paul says that each one of these uh, gifts are um, given to each one, talking about um, 
Um, every born-again believer, everyone who's spirit-filled, following Christ with all their heart, the Holy Spirit um, gives them gifts for the moment, just as He determines. Sometimes we can have one gift that operates just for this moment, and it, we never see or use that particular gift again. Other people are given this gift uh, as a consistent use, as consistent ministry that they have in the body of Christ. Um, but either way, it's the Holy Spirit's job to determine who and when and how those gifts are given and used. And so he goes on to say that even as the body is one, yet we have many members. Okay, he's about to go on for really the rest of the chapter to talk about how these gifts are given for the body of Christ. Again, the common good. This is huge, huge important because a lot of times people um, think about spiritual gifts or use spiritual gifts and somehow it, it becomes all about them and the power that they display or it can be very, very weird. <clears throat> so my plan originally was to, um, to go over and to teach on uh, each one of these nine uh, what we would call manifestation gifts or ministry gifts of the Holy Spirit. But I've decided to just focus on one of those, and that is prophecy. And here's why. In 1 Corinthians 14, uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14, really, um, Paul's really encouraging the building up of the body, the encouragement of the body. Uh, chapter 13 is the love chapter, how to love people. In 1 first, uh, in first Corinthians 14, Paul opens up the chapter. He says that we are to desire earnestly spiritual gifts, that we should really, really, really seek after spiritual gifts, but especially that we may prophesy. He goes on, he says, one who prophesies speaks to men for edification, exhortation, and consolation. He says one who prophesies edifies the church. That's a huge statement when considering prophecy. We're going to come back to that. And then he ends this whole chapter kind of come back or coming back around to, therefore, brothers, verse 39, therefore, brothers, desire earnestly to prophesy. Let me just say this. Um, of all the spiritual gifts, I believe that the most promoted and the most proactively used is prophecy. And so that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about um, the power of the prophetic. In fact, that's the title for this, um, this message, the power of the prophetic. Honestly, I could talk about the prophetic for hours. Uh, it's just such a vast topic. Um, and I think the reason is, is because prophecy is like the Swiss army knife um, of spiritual gifts. There's just so many facets. Think about a multi-tool, right? There's all these little tools. In, in one gadget, there's all these little tools that each serve uh, a, a different purpose. And so that's how prophecy is. It's not just one facet. There are multiple ways and uses and purposes <coughs> So sorry, um, of, of prophecy. Um, and so I want to keep it really simple tonight. So let me go ahead and give you this whole sermon in one sentence, and that's this. If God will speak to you, then God will speak through you. And I think most of us understand and agree and have even experienced that God speaks to us, okay? But it's very hard for us to grasp sometimes that God would speak through us. But He does, and He wants to, and He will. Again, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14, desire earnestly spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. 
Why? Because prophecy is God speaking to his people through his people. That's what prophecy is. That's, that's what this gift is about. One who prophesies speaks to men for edification, exhortation, and consolation on behalf of God. He says, one who prophesies edifies the church. We are an edifying mouthpiece to the church for God when we prophesy. Okay, so I'm going to give you three forms of, of prophecy. Uh, remember, again, it, you know, prophecy is like a multi-tool. Okay, so I'm going to give you three forms or three facets, three tools of prophecy, and I'm going to go ahead and get one of them out of the way. And so write this down. You can think of it as a definition or a usage, purpose, tool of prophecy. And, and one is prophecy equals revelation. Okay, um, revelation, think about what that means. It's when something is revealed. Okay, so one form of prophecy is when God reveals something either about, you know, the present or the future that how else would someone even know that? It's, it's, it's kind of that mystical version of prophecy. It's that wow version. And that's what most of us think of when we think of prophecy um, is that mystical wow, whoa, that was, that was um, you know, futuristic or how, do you, how would you even know that? And this is a, biz, a big one. I think, most, I think this is probably <clears throat> what Paul's talking about in 1 Corinthians 12 when he's talking about prophecy, um, because nine times out of ten, there is a wow factor when we, um, when we give or we receive a prophetic word. Um, verse 5, 1 Corinthians 14, he says, I wish that you could all speak in tongues. Okay, that's a whole other topic. But he says, I wish that we would all speak in tongues, but I wish even more that all would prophesy. I would rather that you prophesy. He who prophesies is greater than he who speaks in tongues unless he interprets. It's interesting that he throws that into, into that because the interpretation of tongues is one of the spiritual gifts, but it's considered a prophetic gift. Several of the other gifts listed in um, 1 Corinthians 12 are actually prophetic gifts. Words of knowledge is the prophetic gift. The discerning of spirits, it's a, it's a prophetic gift. Again, prophecy is like a multi-tool um, spiritual gift. It's like the Swiss Army knife. Okay, so um, so everyone, um, you know, everyone can. Uh, he says, "I wish that all would prophesy." Everyone can um, prophesy in that uh, revelatory way, in, in in that sense of revelation, the mysterious version of prophecy. Um, but listen, I want to show you um, two more forms of prophecy that everyone can and should be engaged all the time. Because honestly, who knows? Um, how often we might, you know, have this divine revelation about the future or, or some sense of knowing things we shouldn't in the present. But Paul says, I wish that all would prophesy. And I, I want to show you uh, a couple of ways, other tools, other forms in this Swiss army knife of prophecy that you can and should be operating in all the time. Okay, let's go back again to verse one. Desire eagerly spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. One who prophesies uh, speaks to men for edification, exhortation, consolation. One who prophesy, uh, prophesies edifies the church. Okay, this is huge. This is where we get uh, um, uh, a couple of other forms of, of prophecy here. In that language that this letter was written in, which is Greek, um, the word 
for edify, it, it can be used really for two primary meanings. To edify can mean to build, okay, as in a house, to build, okay, so when that word is used, it can mean to, to build something, as in a house, okay, but it can also be used to restore, to restore as from the ashes, okay, so think of it this way, um, edifying, um, to edify can be used while something is being built, okay, edify can be used after something has been burnt, okay, I hope you're kind of picking up that imagery, you know, one of the things that we've learned over the last month or so is that we are a temple of the Holy Spirit. This body, our lives, is a house, it's a dwelling place for the Holy Spirit. First Peter chapter 2, verse 5 says that we are being built up as a spiritual house. Interesting words to describe our lives, our bodies, our lives. <coughs> Most of the time, we're on board with the building up of this house. Most of the time we are on board with God's plans and purposes in our lives, but sometimes we're not on board. Sometimes, you know, people get off the boat of what God's wanting for their lives. And so prophecy is used to build a brother up <laughs> as he goes for God, as he's, as he's excited about God, as he's passionate about the things of the Lord, prophecy is something that is used in that season of someone's life to build them up, keep going, build up, keep getting stronger, taller, bigger, uh, more complete, okay? But it's also used to restore a brother back after he's turned from God, okay, in a season of rebellion. Super important. Prophecy can be used to build a brother up. Prophecy can be used to, to bring a brother back, okay? That word edify, to build up or to restore, helps us understand two more uses of prophecy. So let me go ahead and give you those. The second one, the first one was revelation. The second one is encouragement. Um, prophecy is encouragement. I mean, at the core of what prophecy is, it's, it's encouragement. In fact, if you were looking for one word to describe prophecy, you could use the word encourage. Are you a prophet? Maybe not. Are you an encourager? You totally can be and should be. Prophecy is a word of encouragement from God to his people. Okay, think about what um, encourage means. It, uh, me, it means um, what encourage means. Encourage, to put courage in. Okay, to put courage in. Discourage means to pull courage out, to empty someone of courage. Well, which one is, is on God's heart? To pull courage out of us or to put courage into us? Obviously, to put courage into us, to encourage us. Again, um, encouragement is, is like the number one definition, the number one um, usage of prophecy to encourage people. If there's a re revelatory word, you know, when a prophet in the Old Testament <coughs> would go into a town that, uh, you know, think about when Jonah would go into, went into Nineveh, and what, what was he doing? He gave them a message. Hey, you guys are going to be destroyed in a certain amount of time if you don't change your ways, if you don't repent. He encouraged them to repent. He put courage in them to change their ways. He was discouraging them, if you will, um, from continuing in their ways, okay? So prophecy really is about encouragement. 
Um, I think this is awesome to understand because a lot of times when we think that that um, that you know we think that prophecy has to be I've got to I got to know the future and tell someone their future if I was going to prophesy to them. So even thinking about um, all can prophesy, instantly we're out because we don't think we can do that. We don't think that we could prophesy because we don't think we can tell the future. Again, it, prophecy is a multi-tool. It's not just about telling the future. It's not just about that mystical stuff. Prophecy at its core is about encouragement. So one of the things I like to share with people um, when considering that all should prophesy and that we should seek to prophesy to to eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially to prophesy, is think about think about what you can be and do for others. So um, we prophesy um, to someone or for someone or over someone when we pray for them. I mean, just to pray for someone is operating in the prophetic. When we put our hand on someone and say, I'm going to pray for you, maybe they're discouraged and maybe they're, um, they're doubting or maybe they're having a, a moment of, of, um, of doubt, we can pray for them. When we pray for them, we're, we're acting, we're operating in the prophetic. Uh, when we give someone a scripture, maybe, they're, maybe we're thinking about someone driving down the road even. Someone comes to our mind and, and we think about them, we start praying for them, and a, a scripture pops into our mind and we text them that scripture. It was just a scripture, but it might be the right scripture at the right time that they needed. And we, it was just a scripture that came to our mind, but it was actually God speaking prophetically the right thing at the right moment to encourage them with whatever they're going through. So when we pray, um, when, we, when we give a scripture, uh, when we speak a blessing, um, you know, I tell people at the very least when you're ministering to someone, you can put your hand on their shoulder and say, can I bless you? And we, we close our eyes and we just begin blessing them with every spiritual blessing. Lord, I bless their heart, their mind. I bless their family. I bless their walk with you. I bless their times in your presence. Would you bless them and keep them and make your face to shine upon them? Bring them peace. Um, any type of blessing, the ways we can bless them with our mouth, that's acting in the prophetic. That is being a, a prophet for that moment. Um, inspiring hope, any way that we can inspire hope um, and, and, and encouragement. Um, when we do that, we are, we are op uh, operating in the prophetic. Um, when we share our testimony, um, we are operating in the prophetic. It's like, you know, bro, I understand what you're going, to, going through. You know, a couple of years ago, I went through the same thing, and, and, um, and, and this is how God worked in my life. This is what God did, and this is, this is um, how I was built up during that season of difficulty or whatever. When we share our testimony, we're actually prophesying. Why? Because we're bringing encouragement, we're edifying them, we're encouraging them to keep going, to keep moving. Okay, someone, um, <coughs> someone asked me one time years ago, um, is Soma a prophetic church? Is Soma, you know, a prophetic church? And I knew what they meant. I knew, you know, that are we constantly operating in the realm of, of the mystical? But you know what I told them? I was like, oh man. Soma is one of the most prophetic churches that I know. Um, man, that's just the most encouraging bunch of people I've ever met. You know, and they looked at me like, what? <laughs> but clearly they didn't understand that prophecy is a multi-tool. That prophecy isn't just about, you know, um, prophesying that somebody's going to marry someone in the next year and they're going to have 10 kids and they're going to grow old and fat and bald, you know. Um, it, prophecy is so much more than just telling the future. 
Um, so, um, and, and let me just say, by the way, um, you know, you may be visiting, but most of you here are, are part of the, the family here at SOMA. I just want to say that I am blessed by the encouraging spirit that comes from our congregation. Um, I've heard of a lot of congregations, and I've been a part of churches that are nothing but a bunch of backbiting people that tear each other down. And, um, and I tell you, that's just not the experience here at Soma Church. This is, this is a prophetic bunch. We love to encourage each other. And we're not perfect, and we don't always get things just right, and sometimes we're, we're speaking truth, and it may not have as much love wrapped around it as we want, you know. But our heart is to encourage, and, and I just want to affirm um, that I see that, and I know that about you. Um, okay, so, <clears throat> so one, of the, one of the definitions uh, or one of the uses of prophecy is, is to encourage people. While, while they are being built up in that excited season of pursuing God and, and going for it, our words can keep them encouraged, keep them going, keep them going higher and, 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 and reaching more for the Lord, going deeper in the Lord. Um, but a word that we also, you know, when we think of to restore, um, to restore as from the ashes, you know, what, what could that mean? What, um, what about prophecy? What's a tool that prophecy could use, be used for in that sense? And I'll just tell you plainly, um, accountability. Accountability. Prophecy is revelation. Prophecy is encouragement. Prophecy is also accountability. Um, biblical accountability is a form of prophecy. Now, this is huge. Biblical, biblical accountability is a form of prophecy. Um, think about one of the most popular, you know, prophetic passages that we're all aware of. Second Chronicles seven, fourteen. If my people who are called by, name, by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. That's a, that's a prophecy, you know, um, and it's a telling of the future, it's revelatory, but it's, it's based upon their response to the accountability that, um, that God is bringing there through Solomon to this people. If my people will, will turn, if my people will repent, if they will humble themselves and pray, this is what will happen. The encouragement there is to turn from their wicked ways. That's, that's accountability. And that's a huge part of prophecy. You know, we are meant to be um, mouthpieces for the Lord in the body of Christ to tell people to turn from their sin. We don't, we don't really think about that very often or, or feel like that's our responsibility, but it very, very, very much is. In fact, in James chapter 5, um, verse 19, it says, My dear brothers and sisters, if someone among you wanders away from the truth and is brought back, okay, restored from the ashes, you, you see that? Um, if they're, they've wandered away, they, they, they burnt their lives, or their lives was burnt, or they were walking away from the Lord, but they were brought back, they were restored from the ashes, you can be sure that whoever brings that sinner back from wandering will save that person from death and bring about the forgiveness of many sins. Okay, again, this is a, this is a type of prophecy, speaking the truth in love 
about where someone's uh, at or not or where they should be in the Lord. Accountability to um, wrongful actions, unrighteous behavior. This is dying out in the church. This form of prophecy is, is dying out in the body of Christ. People are afraid to confront sin in the body of Christ. Even preachers from the pulpit are afraid to talk about sin, to preach on passages that, that call out and um, discourage people from their sin. Um, I don't know if you knew this, but, but there are serious <laughs> spiritual consequences to us not um, speaking prophetically with accountability towards somebody or to somebody when they are in sin. Um, Ezekiel chapter 3, verse 18 says, When I say to a wicked person, you will surely die, and you do not warn them or speak to them or dissuade them from their evil ways to it, to order their, to, in order to save their life, that wicked person will die for their sin, and I will hold you accountable for their blood. In other words, when God shows you or, or, or tells you that someone is in sin or somehow you become aware of it and you, especially if the Lord tells you, you need to go speak to them the truth in love, but speak to them in truth, but we don't, we are actually responsible for where they end up. We, it says that we, you, I will hold you accountable for their blood. <clears throat> now I get that that's the Old Testament. I get that we, you know, we try to rationalize that out. But bottom line, when a brother is in sin, we know it, and we don't say something and, and just call it out. Dude, what you are doing is wrong. That is unrighteous. God does not approve of that. When we fail to deliver that message, we are held responsible on some level for where they go from there. Because the call is to edify them to restore them back from the ashes. They are living in a state of, of being burned. They're walking away from the Lord, and we have the opportunity, even the ability to edify them, to restore them from the ashes. When we don't even make the effort, we're held accountable on some level to that. When God tells us to talk with someone that's caught up in sin and we don't deliver that message, we're held responsible for the results. Not... Not as though we committed their sins, okay? Please don't you know, misunderstand what I'm saying. But that we send ourselves by not warning them, by not speaking prophetically to them, okay? Those of you, know, uh, those of you who know me, you know that I, I take this very serious. Um, I, I fight ferociously for people. I, I'm, I'm not afraid to say, hey, bro, that's not right. You, you, you can't... Um, say those things or you can't do those things or that attitude is going to lead to this or that behavior when you when you've done when you do this or now that you've done that see, here here's what's going to happen and so those of you know who me, know me you know I take that seriously and and you may have even experienced Pastor Tony coming and speaking prophetically with accountability um, to go in a different direction listen I do that because I love you I do that because I believe God has something better for you. Um, I do that because I don't want, I don't want your blood on my hands. Okay, so, um, but listen, it's important for all of us to embrace um, that tool within prophecy. If you're a, a dad or a mom in your home, uh, you are a prophet to your family. 
a, a mother or a father that doesn't discipline their kids and say, hey, it's wrong that you're doing that. Um, when a kid uh, lies, which, you know, all kids, you know, tell a lie from time to time, and some kids tell lies all the time. When we don't say, um, son or daughter, that's a lie, and that's wrong, and I'm going to discipline you for that. When we, do, when we don't do that, we are responsible for the outcome, not just maybe in that moment, but maybe that person becomes a, a person of habitual lies because we never spoke to it. You get what I'm saying. It's important for us to be um, prophets in our, our realm of influence, in our spheres of influence. So, okay, I think you guys get what I'm saying. Um, um, so look at those three tools, and there are, I'm sure, all kinds of other tools in that prophetic uh, multi-tool. But um, um, revelation encouragement, building someone up, uh, speaking life and blessings and prayer and sharing our testimonies to encourage people as they're going for God, um, and then speaking the truth and love with accountability when someone's going from God so that we can restore them from the ashes. Hopefully you're, you're seeing those um, definitions come together. Um, those are really, really important for us to prophesy, to speak out what God is speaking to us and showing us and, and being intentional. And remember, he says, I, I wish that all would prophesy because he knows the benefits of, of, um, of the prophetic, the power of the prophetic, encouragement, accountability. Um, you may be watching this and thinking, well, um, I, I think I would love that, you know, I, I would love to step out in the the prophetic more, and, and maybe this is even something God's been putting on your heart, um, especially as the, the times are just so wild, um, and so you're asking, how do I do that? <coughs> how do I begin stepping out into the prophetic? Um, I, I always say that there's at least three ingredients um, of a prophetic word, um, a, a, a message or a, a word given in the spirit of prophecy or, or for the point of encouragement or accountability or whatever. Um, the three ingredients are, one, you gotta, you got to ask for that. Uh, remember, Paul says to earnestly seek the greater gifts, especially that you would prophesy. So ask. Um, pray. Pray for prophecy. Lord, would you, would you um, give me a, a spirit of prophecy? Again, we're not saying, would you make me like, you know, Elijah and I can pull fire from the heavens or, you know, make me like um, um, these prophets of old that could see the future and all that. That's not what we're asking. We're asking that God would make us an encourager, that God would help us become people who, who know how to and learn how to uh, build people up in the body of Christ. Pray for that. Pray for prophecy. Eagerly desire the greatest gifts, uh, the greater gifts. Um, I think it's the King James Version that actually says covet the greater gifts, covet spiritual gifts, like like want them, you know, we're not supposed to covet, I get that, but that is a word, like that's the intensity that we should want spiritual gifts because of the way that they serve the, the body of Christ, especially prophecy. Okay, so ask, ask for prophecy. Um, um, the second thing is to look, I always say look, and what I mean by that is you, you gotta open your eyes. If you wanna be used, um, with a sense of prophecy, if you want to be used in the power of the prophetic, you, you have to be someone with eyes wide open, which of course is the prophetic word for this year, uh, eyes wide open. In Ephesians chapter 1, 
verses 15 through 18, it talks about this. He says, Paul says, I pray that God will give you, a, he says, a spirit of wisdom and a spirit of revelation, okay, that's already in the realm of prophecy there. And he says, and that the eyes of your heart or the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened. And listen to what he says, so that you will know what it, the hope of his calling and the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Okay, now, I believe that this applies to ourselves. Okay, we can apply this hope of his calling, riches of his glorious inheritance to ourselves. But this is also about being used by God to help others, to edify others, that they would know what the hope of their calling is, right? Because that's the point. Encouraging people. What is the hope of their calling? The spirit of wisdom and revelation. The eyes of your hearts be opened. Um, if prophecy is about revelation on some level, if it's about divine insight and declaring what is um, what is unseen or, or seen, I suppose, or unseen, then we need to have eyes to see. It's about seeing. Sometimes things are obvious, you know, we can see this thing and we can speak towards it um, to build someone up or to um, hold them accountable. Um, but sometimes things are more obscure. Sometimes it takes discernment. Sometimes it takes um, seeing on a spiritual level, and that's why um, we have to have eyes to see. Um, I always say that um, prophecy is for people who pay attention. <laughs> so look at it that way. Um, if you want to, if you want to um, operate in the power of the prophetic, you've got to be someone that that pays attention. Um, ask so ask for prophecy, and ask the Lord to open. Um, to open our eyes. And, you know, Proverbs 20, verse 12 says, um, talks about ears that hear and uh, eyes that see. It says that the Lord has made them both. Okay, so ask, look, but then you also have to listen. You have to open your ears. Hearing is just as much as important as, um, as seeing. You know, um, in Luke chapter 6, it says a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Um, let me just say it this way. Nine times out of ten, if we are actually listening, tuning in to the people around us, they will, they will tell us, um, inadvertently even, where they need encouragement. If they are discouraged, we, we can hear it. They may not say, hey, I want you to know I'm discouraged. Here's how I'm discouraged. But if we have ears to hear, eyes to see, ears to hear, we can hear those points of encouragement. And maybe the point of that whole conversation wasn't um, for you to speak prophetically, but there's an opportunity for you to encouragement because you heard, you were able to zero in on that point of discouragement and put courage in there. Install encourage, uh, courage into them and build them up in that moment. Um, but the opposite is true. You can be listening to someone and you hear something and you're like, man, that, that's a little off. That's interesting that they just said that. Or, or I don't know if they realize what they just said, but man, that, that's a red flag. And um, now we're in the realm of, of discernment, and, and we, we're discerning that they might need some accountability on something. 
And so, hey, can we go back to something that you just said? You just said that you wanted to rob a bank. You know, I'm just really concerned about that, you know. <laughs> and so you're able to discourage them, to um, put courage in them not to, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. But it's all about tuning in. Um, it's pe being people that pay attention. If you want to be used to, um, to build the body of Christ up, to encourage the body of Christ, to restore a brother when he has separated himself from the body of Christ, you, you, you have to ask the Lord to use you that way. And I'm telling you, he will. Um, you know, um, almost every time I am going to meet with someone, even if it's just a casual meeting, I will ask the Lord, Lord, will you show me um, the ways that I can encourage them today? And, um, and uh, again, nine times out of ten, there's some sort of point of encouragement where I can speak life or blessing or share a testimony or build them up or correct. And so I want to encourage you to do that. Let me end with this. Because um, I know I'm long-winded and you've been staring up at a screen and you're, you're probably starting to get a crick in your neck. And um, I want to I end with how to test when you have received a prophetic word. Um, because, you know, there's a lot of people that they, they live on prophetic words. You know, God, God spoke this to me or they spoke this to me or they, they prophesied this to me or 10 years ago that this was spoken to me and I'm waiting for that to happen and, and God told me this or God shared me this and um, it, honestly it can get kind of out of control um, and so we have to be careful. Um, so let me give you um, three ways that you can um, put prophecy to the test. Let me just say it that way. Put prophecy to the test. Number one, uh, is it consistent with God's word? Is what's being shared with you in, in the realm of encouragement or discouragement, or certainly if it's revelatory, if someone's saying, hey, this is going to happen to you or for you, um, is it consistent with God's word? Um, if there is an action or an idea being promoted that, that doesn't line up with God's word, do not receive that prophecy. Um, um, you know, um, I'm not saying you have to say, I don't receive it, I don't receive it. I'm not saying that, but but in your heart, you just say, you know, take it for what it is and, um, and, and understand that it's not lining up with the Word of God, which, by the way, tells you why it's important to know God's Word. Okay, so that's the first thing. Is it consistent with God's Word? Um, the second thing is, does it confirm um, your heart? Um, I would say, and, and I think a lot of pastors, preachers, and people that understand the prophetic world they understand that, that prophecy really is meant to confirm something that God's already been speaking to you. When God sends someone to speak something to us or to deliver a message, it's really meant to confirm something that God's already been whispering to our own heart, a ways that He's wanting to encourage us or correct us already. And so when we receive a prophetic word, is it confirming somehow something that God's already been speaking to you? If not, slow down on receiving that word. Um, prophecy is most often confirmation of something that God's already speaking to you. Um, and let me just give you this last one here and, and we'll wrap up and, and pray. And um, When receiving a, um, a prophetic word, listen, was it checked in community? Was it checked in community? Did someone share something with you and, and have you just kept that to yourself and you're, you're hoping and praying and even moving things in your life around 
to make that prophecy come into pass? Have you shared it with anybody? Have you tested that prophecy? Have you checked it with community? In other words, have you, who are your brothers and sisters in Christ that you've shared that prophetic word with? And, um, and, and what are they saying? What are they saying? Because that is so important. If we, that's again, all the spiritual gifts they were given in the context there in 1 Corinthians 12 for the building up and equipping of the body. Though we are many, we are one body. And go, again, the next two chapters is about working together to go for God, towards God with love and, and those kinds of things. And so to not check prophecy in community is just not wise. And so I, I can't tell you how many times um, I've seen someone just go for something they think God spoke to them or, or th you know, personally or through someone else. And they're they are gung-ho about this thing. God spoke to me. God said, and they're going for this thing. And all the while, they don't realize that they are destroying their own lives. And it's like you, you can't even see that your life is going down and down and down because you're trying to pursue this thing. And it's not the Lord. I'm telling you as a brother in Christ, this is not the Lord because it doesn't line up with this, with this, with this. And so sometimes we know things don't work prophetically because we do, it doesn't work for your life. People around you, your family, your friends, they are the ones that know that sometimes better than you know it yourself, sometimes better than we know it ourselves. So um, in 1 Corinthians 14, uh, let me close with this. It, it says, let two or three prophets speak, let the others judge. But if anything is revealed to another who sits by, let the first keep silent. For you can all prophesy one by one, that all may learn, all may be encouraged. And the spirit of the prophets are subject to the prophets. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. And in all the church, of, uh, as in all the church of the saints. And I don't have time to break that um, down, you know, entirely, entirely. But let me just say it this way. I, this is my sentence to sum up that. Um, when prophecy is done in community, there is a greater chance of authenticity thanks to authority. Prophecy has to come under authority. Let me say that again. When prophecy is done in community, there is a greater chance of authenticity thanks to authority. And uh, man, I have a thousand stories I could tell. I've already gone long. I wasn't planning on going, what, 42 minutes. <coughs> Let me end by saying this. I think we're living in a season where um, the, the power of the prophetic is one of the most important things uh, in our lives. We need that spiritual gift in our tool bag. We need uh, words of knowledge. We need the words of uh, wisdom. We need the discerning of spirits. All of these are our uh, prophetic gifts. Um, we need the prophetic in our lives because the enemy's trying to snow us. The enemy's trying to um, pull us away from God's will and, and, and righteousness and all those things. And so I would encourage you, just as we did earlier, to, um, to ask and to begin listening, to begin looking and seeing and, 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 and um, being used by the Lord to deliver messages of truth, again, that encourage people as they go for God and to help people return as they have ran from God. And so, um, anyway, I'm here in my office. It's 43 minutes. I, I want to, I want to stop here. Um, I pray for you guys. Let me let me pray for you now. And, and I know that someone's going to come and, and close out this service. 
But Lord, I, I, I pray for everyone who's watching right now that you would bless them and keep them and make your face to shine upon them and that you would give them uh, a sense of, of the prophetic, Lord, that you would give them eyes to see and ears to hear and, and really even the courage to speak those things that, um, that come to their heart and mind um, when it's time to edify, when it's time to encourage and, and hold someone accountable, that they would speak prophetically um, and, and with boldness, understanding that the words that they speak um, uh, have the power of life, have the power to build a brother up or to bring a brother back. Lord, thank you for this spiritual gift. Thank you for all of them. But Lord, thank you for the power of the prophetic. And I pray uh, that Soma Church would be filled with, uh, with modern day prophets. Bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey again, love you guys. So glad to share with you. Um, hate that it was on a screen, but um, at least we were able to connect and I was able to share this, uh, this message with you.